welcome to the Business Success Club. I want to say welcome and you are in for a treat in this group. Hey, thank you so much for tuning into this podcast. And on this podcast, what we really want to establish is this. How do hardworking entrepreneurs build profitable and scalable businesses whilst having the freedom and balance to do the other things they love? like family, vacations, sports, fun, adventures, and charity. So let's tune into today's podcast. Hello and welcome to the Business Success Show. And often, as we say, there is more to life than just a daily hustle and grind at the, uh, with your business. So what else is you, can you get involved with? What else do you love that will, your business will allow you to do? Set up your business correctly and you have the freedom to do the things that, it, that are important to you as well, such as what? Such as adventures, such as family, such as faith, such as sports, such as your children, your spouse. All those people require your time as well. So you must have time for yourself. But most importantly, we've got to build that business. So if you're thinking of starting a business, if you're thinking of growing your business beyond where it is right now, I have a very, very special guest for you. Now, this gentleman's coming in all the way from Jersey, uh, that's USA, and his name is Stephen Alasnik. Alasnik. I'm sure I got that right, Stephen. So, Stephen, I'm going to go to you and tell us a little bit about your background, uh, and let's let's get on with the conversation. Good to have you here, Stephen. Thank you for joining us here at the Business Success Show. Well, thank you for having me. Uh, so I'm, my background is I'm, I'm 56 years old. Um, I've, I started my first company when I was 30 and I, I've, had, I've built six companies. I still have uh, four of those companies right now that they're still working. One of them is awfully small. Uh, the other one is really a real estate play, which is a commercial real estate building. It's just still a business. And the other two uh, are both in finance and they're bigger companies. So the, the six companies have been between 5 million and 25 million. So early on, the, the companies were smaller. And now the two companies I have right now uh, that I mainly are working in are in the $25 million range as far as revenue goes a year. Thank you. So you started your first business at the age, did you say the age of 13? That's 30. 30, okay. 30, yeah. That's pretty yeah. young. Age of 30. And what was that first business that you started? And why did you start that particular business? So um, at the uh, I'll back into your answer. At the age of 17, I kind of knew I wanted to start my own business. At some point, I figured I'd go work for a big company for a couple of years, you know, kind of learn the ropes, make make mistakes on their time, you know, get good training. And I worked for Xerox for eight and a half years. And, you know, Xerox, for those of you who are new, uh, Xerox was the Google of its day. Mm. So the, the best people worked for Xerox. They provided fantastic training. And I, I loved my job. I really did. I loved it so much. I thought maybe I'll, I won't go into my own business. Uh, but at the age of uh, at 29, uh, I, was, I was getting married. My wife and my future wife had said, uh, you know, uh, she knew I was always talking about running my own business. And she's like, you know, if you're going to do it, you might as well go do it now. Cause I gave her all the statistics about how, how, how hard it is to start a business later in life at, at that time. Mm. 
So, you know, so she was like, no, so I prepared myself for the, those like eight and a half years to run my own company. I took, I went to classes. I read lots of books. And uh, anyway, I, I forgot one. I didn't spend much time on the most important area. And that is what, what would I do in my business? (laughs) Uh So anyway, my mentor at the time, he had said, well, uh, pick something that, you know, and so I knew something called digital printing, which at the time was brand new. Hmm. And so I started a digital printing company. And, uh, you know, and that's digital printing at the time was where you were uh, printing on demand uh, information instead of printing ahead of time. Okay. And also you're printing customization of four color, uh, which was never done before. So that's what I did for Xerox. I was in charge of uh, a digital pro- uh, a digital product sales for Xerox, and uh, and so there were these two companies, one out of Germany and one out of uh, is- uh, Israel, who were making these presses. And uh, so I I started to broker the deals for digital uh, print work, and that's how that was my first business. Um, and I had that for two years. Okay. And did you sell it after two years or you just started a different business? So, you know, uh, I, I had the same pattern throughout a lot of my life. Um, mm-hmm. A lot of it has been, you know, I kind of get in, I reduce my risk. So I reduce the downside and I try to see what the ups, I keep going and find out what the upside was. So what I did was I, I, I ended up selling it, but it was for a very small amount, like $25,000 was a joke or it's like, no, it was 60,000. It was a joke. Mm-hmm. And this is again, 20, uh, 25 years ago. And, uh, but what happened was I had no overhead. So what I did was I still, ha- I still worked for Xerox uh, during the, from six in the morning till one at, in the afternoon. And then from one after I did uh, my own company. And what I did was I outsourced the work. So I would get the work and then outsource it to other people who would right. do it, which allowed me to see the industry. And so I said, okay, let me do this. The, the, both those presses uh, from those from those countries cost a million dollars, and I really never let money stop me from doing something, uh, relatively. And mm-hmm. so I said, let me get the work. If I get the work, yeah, and I and I'm making money, then I will be able to figure out how to get you know the presses. And what I learned was no one was making money in that industry. And so I said, you know what? They were kind of using it as a lead generation for other products that they were printing. I also learned I didn't want to be in the print industry. Um, so it was a lot of uh, unsophisticated business people were working sometimes out of their garages. And that, I mean, that wasn't really the work I was doing, but I was like, I don't want to be in this industry. So I sold basically my customers and then I spent the next nine months kind of figuring out what I would do next. And I had left Xerox though. Um, so, I mean, I did, I did okay at the business. I made money, so yeah. it was fine. Let me ask you this. You know, there are people who start off their business. And I remember very first, when I started my very first, in fact, it was the same age as you, 30 years of age here in London. And I went into an internet um, uh, related business, e-commerce website. It was, the year was 1999 my first business and the dot-com bubble was all the rage and technology was all the rage. And um, later on, I realized that actually I wasn't passionate about internet. I wasn't passionate about uh, e-commerce and all this kind of stuff. So I'd, 
you know, eventually uh, I headed up, headed into problems and then I sold the business later on when I fixed it. What I would say is that you've created businesses that have gener generated sales between 5 million and 25 million, okay? Now, in hindsight, knowing what you know now as an established, well-entrenched well entrepreneur, what would you have done differently knowing what you know now starting a new starting a brand new business what would you be do what would you do differently well i'm not that, i'm not that far removed from starting a new business i mean i started a new business uh, now these last two businesses i've had i have a business partner and so i started one of them 6 years ago hmm. um and then the other one uh uh 10 years ago so i'm not that far removed and I know the difference was between my first business and my sixth business. So, I mean, what that was like. But, you know, when you've been doing this for 25 plus years, you know, I, I'm a professional at it. I'm a professional entrepreneur. I know exactly, you know, the, the, when we built the sixth company, right, we got that thing up to revenue, like $10 million in revenue, like after its second year, it was like, we knew exactly what to do. So in answer to your question, well, the number one thing I would do if I'm looking at a new business is to know what the profit margins are. That's yeah. what I learned, that the difference between my, my third business and my sixth business, my third, my second, my first, was that I did, pay, I did not pay as much attention to profit margins. And so if, when you're running a small business, and again, $25 million is still a small business, sure. um, you, you know, you, uh, you, you get more sophisticated about your, your, what you're going to get involved with, mm. you know, and um, I want to go back to something you said, your, your passion. I never had like a passion for a certain industry. That wasn't my, that wasn't my thing. I have a passion for running a business mm. and running a great business. Yeah. Um, and so that's my passion. I could be selling widgets. I could be selling whatever it is. And to me, the, the excitement I get is from running a fantastic, well-run organization that's very profitable, that takes great care of its clients and its employees and, and, and gives me the quality of life I want. To me, that balance is what excites me and what I'm passionate about. Well, that's, 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 that's great. So, yeah, no, I, I get it. So you're passionate about business, making difference, um, service to the clients, adding a lot of value, making that business work, making it profitable. That's 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 good. Not everyone has that um, uh, capability or that notion or that passion. Other people have passions for different things. And often when I'm working with clients one on one as a business coach, we do work quite considerably about finding what really is purposeful for you. What is it that's really purpose that you would you'll be obsessed about waking up every day to do? I mean, you every day. I'm, I'm sure, Stephen, you wake up every day. You want to do business. You you want to you want to get on of it, which is great. Um, one one of the questions I had for you is this: for any small business right now who does who doesn't you know that business owner doesn't have 25 years of experience. Maybe they've been going for five years, six years, ten years. What are the key ingredients you'll ensure must be in the business for it to do multiple six figures? What are some of the key things that must be in place? 
Well, the number one thing is lead generation. So if, and that, and I call it lead generation, uh, the standard term is called marketing. Mm. Um, but if you cannot get clients or prospects to come to you, if you do not have a marketing plan um, other than, you know, oh, uh, here's a salesperson, go get the business for me. Or if you are a small business and you're doing that yourself, that's, you know, that's the first uh, uh, sign that you're going to be always a small business. Mm. You have to have clients or prospects coming to you that convert to be clients and you have to get them in an economic way. So an economical way. So like, I would say, you know, 90% of my day is focused on that thing. How do we get client prospects? I use the word clients, but prospects coming to us. And so, you know, uh, you know, lead generation sources, you know, SEO, search engine optimization, search engine marketing, paid for search, direct mail, um, uh, email marketing, uh, trade publications, uh, display advertising, uh, uh, social media advertising. Uh, you know, I, we, you know, have tried everything. We measure everything. What is it? We know what it costs us to acquire a client. We know what, how much we make off of them. Um, that's the magic formula. And, you know, you could have the best service in the world. You could have the best product in the world. If, if nobody's coming to you for that product or service, doesn't really matter. You could have an, you actually can have an inferior service or an inferior product and still do really well. Yeah. Because you have, you figured out the lead generation part of it. Yeah. So now once you got the lead generation part of it, um, then it's like, okay, how do we do great customer service? How do we make it easy for customers to do business with us? How do we retain those clients? How do I keep staff happy, uh, employees happy? How do I make this place a great place for me to work at where I get the quality of life that I want and I make the profits? Again, the, to me, the number one most important thing for my businesses is, is it, I get excited when it generates good profit for me. That's mm-hmm. when I get excited. That's <laughs> like, you know, people, you know, like, listen, did I, could I start a business? Maybe I'm something I'm passionate about. Yeah, but I just haven't done that. I've, I've mainly just picked businesses that I thought there were opportunities in. And uh, my passion comes running a business, but also the outside of work of the other things I like to do. Just, um, yeah, I, I want to in a moment hear about some of the other things you like to do, because that's one of the great things about great entrepreneurs. They, they are involved in uh, other things just outside of their business. You mentioned something about measure, measuring. And often what I say to our audience and our clients is what is measured can be improved. And if it can't be measured, you really don't know. And there, there are people, some business owners who shy away from that. And it's all go, go, go. They're not measuring what is working so they can tweak and fix it, amend it, and then improve it. What do you have to say furthermore about measuring and how do you measure? So uh, we call them KPIs, key performance indicators. Um, you know, um, it, it's critical. It's, you know, one of the most important things. And you, and I would say for every business owner, I mean, listen, it's obvious. No, I obvious to me yeah. when you get brand new business owners, they focus on revenue. Well, let me grow my revenue. Let me grow my revenue. And then 
you know, and then you get hit in the face one day when you look at you that you're not that usually what happens is you can't make payroll. Yeah. And you're like, wait a minute, I'm a million dollar business and I can't make payroll. Why? Why is that? And usually um, it's because you don't have enough profit. And or you're not collecting your receivables fast enough. Mm. So, you know, so the number one thing is you need to pick three to five key performance indicators that are the most important thing and you need to track it every single month. And so, you know, it might be number one might be net profit and get off the revenue thing. So Mm -hmm. net profits, number one, number two is revenue. Okay. Number three might be cost of sales. Mm -hmm. Number four, I probably like four put it into the third place, which is uh, what's my accounts receivable. Right. And what's my turn on my accounts receivable? How quickly am I collecting it? Yeah, uh, that's that's in like a business to business sales, which was what I've always been involved with. Yeah, I've, I've not been the B to C. I've been in the business. So our clients, we have to float. Uh, well, it depends on the business now, but we have to float. Uh, most business business sales are, are you're floating the yeah. the the AR. So those, those are the ones that everybody should be tracking all of the time. I mean, you should definitely be using an accounting package like QuickBooks or, you know, whatever yeah. else is out there. Um, so that's, that's the number one thing. You know, it's, a, it's just a good habit to get in from the very, very beginning um, and have it on an Excel spreadsheet. I would not leave it in QuickBooks. I would, you know, we keep it in Excel. So that way we just say, okay, at the end of the month, we close the month and when we look, we put them all in this Excel spreadsheet and then my partner and I have a meeting to go over it. And, um, and then in some of those cases uh, uh, we'll, we'll go over it with staff depending on which one we feel like we want to share. So. Fantastic. Would you say then uh, Stephen, that that's one of your magic ingredients in, in, in the ability to manage or to own or operate four businesses now and I think you have you've yeah. had six in the past so would you say being able to measure measure and track how uh, the business is performing means that you don't really have to be in that business in terms of um, the daily operations all the time well it's just a natural progression like I, I said to you earlier that we are that I'm a professional mm. entrepreneur I'm a professional yeah. business owner that's like Let's see if uh, I'm trying to think of the great analogy. If you're, uh, I can't think of a great analogy right now. It just comes, you know, you, it's just an uh, evolution. It just comes so natural now yeah. that you, yeah. you know, you, you, it's, yeah, you, that's, that's what you got to do. And, yeah. and so when you start another business, it's like intuitive. Okay. These are our KPIs. This is what we're expecting. This is what we have to measure a single month. So it, it's a no brainer. Really, yeah. you know, what happens is, you know, once you get really good at running a business, you get all that easy stuff out of the way. And then you start getting into the more, you know, nuanced part of the business. Um, and uh, and then you get the nuanced part of the business down, down and you kind of really just start really c- kind of executing. Listen, small business, it's all about great execution. Mm-hmm. You, you know, you, you start off with this idea. Once you once you initiate your idea, there's not a ton of more ideas that I know it sounds weird that you need. You just need great execution. And the problem with a lot of entrepreneurs 
is they keep coming up with more and more ideas. And, you know, that's not where you want to be. You kind of want to execute. Um, listen, I'm very creative. So for me, the, um, I lend very well to the marketing side of our business. Yeah. And, but my, I, I, I have a business partner and he does very well on the, on the back side, which allows me the freedom to, to be creative on the front end. But again, you, 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 once you implement that idea, you got to just be really great at execution and numbers are the biggest part of great execution. I totally agree. Uh, you know, owning five businesses myself, I, I totally agree with you. If you don't know the numbers, you don't know how this is performing. And for me, once some numbers, you call it KPIs, flag up to me, time to have a meeting, see actually what's going on, then I can coach my team to, to rectify that. So I totally agree with you there, uh, Stephen. Stephen, uh, for those people listening in, our audience, uh, and they haven't started their business yet, they have some trepidation or they have some kind of fear about starting their business. Uh, what would you say to them? They, they, in their heart, they want to start their business, but they've been like you were, you were in Xerox, you went through a transition uh, and started your business, but they, they, they are often professionals thinking about starting a business, but they have that notion of security. I'm, I'm comfortable here. Uh, but I think I want to, they've got one foot here, one foot there. What would you say to them? Don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. <laughs> don't do it. Because if you're not, you know, going to do it, then don't do it. You know, mm. I mean, you're not, you're not cut out for it because uh, entrepreneurs are risk takers. I know that's not the answer you want, but the, uh, the, the, the you know, so let's say you need, you still want to do it. Mm. You, you got to, uh, you know, so if I asked you, Mac, how long does it take a business to start supporting its owner, so to speak? How long would you say? Well, there's two answers I'll give you there. One is if you do it properly, set it up right, it could be, you know, one, two, one, you know, it could be less than a year. If you do it the other way that I've taught people and I've done myself is if you, there's a particular format, a creative way where you could be supporting yourself within a few weeks within months sometimes before you actually launch the business well that's not my experience my experience is three to five years right. so you have to be able to say how am i going to cover my cost for three to yeah. five years because my business is not going to be able to pay me uh, money to support my lifestyle uh -huh. so you know at least in the United States, you know, what you see is a lot of kids uh, doing what's called, of course, a side hustle. Right. And, you know, that can translate into giving you a runway because you need a runway for three to five years. So maybe your spouse, your significant other can make the money while you're while you're not. Maybe you could do what I did and that is stay at your job and do the job on the side. But in general, the consensus and all the people that I know and I know a lot of business owners um, I, I belong to the entrepreneur organization, my, my forum group and entrepreneur organization, which is worldwide, by the way, um, I've been with the same nine guys, uh, uh, for, for 20 years mm. and we've all built, everybody in that group has built numerous companies and, uh, the, we, they all, every all know that it takes three to five years. So, so you want, if you're really going to do that, you kind of want to start your business, on the side and uh or like i said know how am i going to be able to you know pay for things for the next three to five years yeah would you agree that once you've yeah i totally agree with i, I agree with that 
once you've been in business for a while and let's say you've got a new product idea or a new business idea you know exactly what you're doing in regards to lead generations and sales and you put everything in place you can speed up the whole process you, you're absolutely right it's yeah. like it's fat and it's really quick you know i mean my first uh, my uh the, the my well my fifth company was profitable from the first month and then my sixth company in the third month so yeah it's really but we really picked the right industries. We had great growth profit margins. We had reduced, we knew about reducing our, our costs to start off with. You know, it was very sophisticated. Now, listen, if people are not leaving their jobs and doing a side job, you know, a side business like online, mm. well, of course, yeah, you could be up to speed for profits really quick, but you're talking about a couple hundred dollars, you know, a month, you know, I'm not talking about something like that. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking where you can support yourself at a hundred thousand dollars a year. Sure. Um, th those type of things. And, um, you know, and when you're going into business for the first time, you really do fun. waste a lot of energy in the wrong areas. Yeah. yeah. So, I'll do it. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, if it's a brand new business, you're starting off, there's a lot of things you don't know. Yeah, it's going to take it's going to take two or three years or more to five years to really. But if you want, but there's a good thing. Once you've been in business for a while, 10 years, 20, 15 years, 20 years, in your, 25 years in your case, and in my case, anyway, starting a, a, a new business with the knowledge I have and information I have and the way I operate and put teams together and the way we do lead generation, that whole thing is sped up. So we agree on that. So I've got a question for you. In your spare time, what is it you get up to, Stephen? <laughs> well, it depends on what year. I, I, you know, my, I have a one of the great skills I have is I'm, I'm fantastic at multitasking, so I can balance so many. That's why I buy four companies. But I, I mean, if you, if people head spin when they see all the things I do, so answer your question lately. So three years ago, I took up competitive rowing. So I'm up uh, on rowing on a lake with a bunch of uh, in a club and I'm a competitive rower. So I, I'm up at 4.45 a.m. rowing first thing in the morning. I was rowing this morning okay. at 4.45 a.m. I got back to my uh, my uh, my office at, at, at eight o'clock a.m. and started working. Wow. So uh, rowing takes up six days a week for me. So that's a million. I played, ten, I was a competitive tennis player for 15 years, okay. uh, longer than that actually, but a uh, very high level competitive tennis player. And I still play tennis once a week. But um, so I, I, I do that. I, I still have, I have two sons, one's 21 and he's off at college and I have a 12 year old and, you know, trying to, my number one, if, you know, I did another podcast and someone asked me what my you know, number one most important thing in my life is, and it's being the best dad I possibly can. Nice. That's the number one priority I have in my life. My 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 mission as a as a parent is to 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 uh, help my uh, two sons be um, be mature um, young men who know what makes them happy mm. and knows how to get there. Um, so and uh, and so I have. I really make sure that I'm a really good father to my kids. That means, um, you know, they're always in the back of my head, you know, thinking about what they need. I mean, my oldest son is 21. He's already had seven internships. And, and that's because I have a philosophy that, 
kids are happier when they know what they want to do in their lives. Sure. And, um, and so they get out their experience and it translates into them doing, you know, they, they're happier, they're, they do better at school. So that's my priority. And then secondly, being a great husband to my, my wife of 26 years. And then, uh, then third is, uh, you're going to be surprised. And that is taking good care of my health. <laughs> because if I don't have good health, I can't yeah. be good, to, a good parent, a husband, and I can't be good at my job. So that's the next one. And then, you know, then comes work, then comes, you know, friends, and then comes giving back. So, you know, uh, you know, I'm involved and in, I'm always doing some type of sport. Yeah. I mean, hiking, this, you know, this is amazing. This is really great. And this is why I felt you be a great, great guest on this show, because you said it as it is. You've talked about business, starting a business. You talked about growing businesses and what to look for. You talked about balancing business and home life and kids and wife and fantastic, fantastic. That's very comprehensive. That's a wholesome way of living, I believe. Now, I will ask you this for um, those people who say, "How do you manage?" Like you said, <laughs> you prefaced it with, "You'll be amazed by the multi how how you multitask." How do you do it all? How do you fit all that in a day? 4.45, you're out there rowing, eight o'clock, you're in the office ready to work. How do you fit all that thing in, in the 168 hours that we are all blessed with? Some mm. entrepreneurs do amazingly well in life and business and others seem to be struggling and stressed out and burned out. How do you, how do you cope with all of it? I, 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 I hate to say, because people are gonna say, well, you know, they're just not that way. And I think that's fair. I'm just really good at multitasking and, um, and I'm good at figuring out how to get things done. So um, I also, you know, I think my wife is also a great multitasker as well. Um, so, I mean, I, there's a lot more that I didn't tell you, you know, like I, <laughs> I, I drive down to see my mom every Sunday who's she's 98 years old and I go down the three hours drive. Nice. Well, it's an hour and a half there, hour and a half back. And I, uh -huh. I cook dinner for her and stuff like that every Sunday. Nice. But it's just, it's my skill. Like I started working at restaurants when I was 14 years old okay. and between the age of 14 to 22, I worked at restaurants my whole life. And when you're working at a, as a waiter um, um, or busboy, you know, at 14, but yeah. you, you can't just bring ketchup to a table. Mm. You, you, you have to think, what does that table need? What does that table need? Right. And you have to make, one trip to the kitchen, bringing out the food and bringing out the ketchup for someone else and right. knowing, and you have to make multiple trips. So now on top of that, I was a very competitive athlete. So I played uh, baseball in college, but I also played football, baseball, basketball, and tennis in high school and being able to manage school, being able to manage a sport. And I still worked, um, you had to be able to balance your life. So what's the answer for people who don't do all that, can't multitask that well? Mm. Do less and do more. So what I would suggest is cut things out. Right. That you'd say, you know what? I just can't do it. Say no. And find some automation tools, certainly. And uh, if you're really unorganized, Get a coach to help you get organized. Yeah. I mean, get some time back in your life. I think most people are not, I know 99% of the public is not like me. 
That's right. um, and, I, and they're running around with their heads cut off <laughs> and they're not prioritizing what's really important to them. And, 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 they, and they know that time management is a problem and they get really frazzled by it. And so you got to take action. I'm not, if I, if I know I'm, you know, I'm just a doer. I mean, I don't mean doer like, uh, like what I'm telling you about all the things I get involved with. What I am really good at is if I know I'm not good at something and it's important, I don't sit back. I'm going to go figure it out. Right, right. Or I'm going to have delegated to somebody else, but, you know, but if it's important enough and I'm not good at it, I'm going to go get good at it. Right. And um, so that's, that would be like kind of the, some ideas that maybe, and we're all different. Everybody's Everyone's different. different. Yeah. You know, every entrepreneur is different. Don't try to be like me, you know, be like you, be your, be like yourself and exactly. play your strengths and, Try to eliminate your weakness, not eliminate your weakness. Don't do your weaknesses. Don't focus on your weaknesses. Mm, and yeah. um, so that's kind of my advice. But I'll leave, Mac, I'll leave you with this one most important thing that I've learned over the years. Your health comes first. I haven't have had, I've had no health issues, but when I get up, I think, how am I going to get my exercise in today? Because yeah. that's what drives my energy. Right. That's what makes me happy. That's what I love to do. That's what creates energy at work. Yeah. The excitement in my life. And I'm lucky because my wife knows that. And when I, when, and she likes to do her own thing with working out and stuff like that. And so we both know that. And we're like, okay, Max has to go. That's my youngest. Maxwell has to go to tennis today. Who's going to take them? And, you know, and, you know, so we organize those things so we can get our fitness in. Yeah. Absolutely. Health is number one. And yep. one of the things you said earlier on is about priorities. What are your priorities? Do what you're good at. Delegate the other stuff or figure out a way. Don't ponder over it too much. And um, something you said, but I'll summarize it in terms of what I teach. Eliminate to accumulate. So cut out those things that are not really adding much value and get rid of the other stuff. So I want to say um, you've been amazing. It's been it's been great speaking with you, Steve. And I want to say thank you for coming on as a guest, sharing so much value. Now, for those who want to connect with you, learn from you, see what you're up to, uh, what's the best way for them to connect with you, Stephen? Well, um, you certainly can visit my website. So we pro my 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 main business is we provide business lines of credit to both businesses and nonprofits. You need to do it. You need to have at least two hundred thousand dollars in revenue a year in the U.S. We do not work outside the U.S. So uh, if you are, you know, if you feel like we could help you that way, then our website is financingsolutionsnow.com. And but if you just want to talk to me on a personal level, um, my phone number is nine seven three nine one seven two zero one nine. That's my direct dial at work. Um, or you can email me, which is um, Steve H, S-T-E-V-E-H at financingsolutionsnow.com. And if I can help you, I'm more than happy to help you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, thank you for tuning into the Business Success Show. You've heard from Stephen Halasnik. And as you, and as you heard earlier on, he has a way of doing business. He has a way of living life. And number one is, prior, is, is health. The number one priority is health which gives him the energy to do all these other things. If you just 
caught the end of the show, make sure you go to the beginning, watch everything that he shared. So Stephen, on that note, thank you, thank you, thank you for uh, being on this show here. I'm wishing you all the very, very best. Look after yourself, look after your family, look after your clients until we connect again, my friend. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Take care. Thanks, man. You're most welcome.